Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? Getfeatured.media will get you featured on targeted shows. They'll design a custom bio page, pitch you to the hosts, schedule a time, prepare you for the shows and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.media to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 78 of Can I Pick Your Brain? My guest today is probably one of the most accomplished and consistent individuals I have had the pleasure to meet. Joshua Spodek holds five Ivy League degrees, including a PhD in astrophysics and an MBA from Columbia University. He has finished six marathons, holds six patents, has co-founded several educational ventures, competed at the world and national level of ultimate frisbee, including playing at the first ultimate tournament in North Korea, swam across the Hudson River, has done over 90,000 burpees, we'll explain what those are in the show, wrote over 2,400 blog posts, has taken over 250 cold showers, jumped out of two aeroplanes, visited 26 countries on six continents. And if that's not enough, he helped build an X-ray observational satellite orbiting the Earth as part of a multi-billion dollar decade-plus mission led by the European Space Agency with NASA. As one of few people in the world to have visited North Korea twice, he has lectured and published a book on North Korean strategy. Joshua currently leads seminars in leadership, creativity, sales, and motivation at institutions including Columbia Business School, Harvard, Princeton, MIT, NYU, INSEAD, the New York Academy of Science, and in private corporations. His coaching clients include startup founders as well as employees of Morgan Stanley, Citigroup, American Express, Google, Yahoo, Sony, IBM, Procter & Gamble, the U.S. Treasury, the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Army, among many others. Esquire Magazine's genius issue named him the best and brightest. NBC coined him as an astrophysicist turned new media whiz. Forbes and ABC News called him a rocket scientist. His work as an artist has won him an Obie Award for Design Excellence and reached the semi-finals in the Adobe Design Achievement Awards. He's also the founder of Spodek Academy, co-founder of Submedia, and author of the best-selling book, Leadership, Step by Step. It is with great pleasure and honor to welcome to you a scientist, an inventor, an author, an entrepreneur, an artist, a strategist, a leader, a coach, and an educator. A man who truly understands the power of consistency. Joshua, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. I'm glad to be here. And it was funny that uh, through all of what you're saying, I was thinking you're the only person I can think of who wrapped it all up by saying consistent. Mm -hmm. That's and then, right. And then I was like, as, it, as you went on, I kept thinking, I wonder what I'll say. Like it, you, it was a long time ago since you were the consistent, but then you wrapped it with consistent at the end. And I think I actually kind of like that as, as one of the things that wrapped it all together. 
just because of the of the of how much habits are important to me mm-hmm. and to do them consistently. So thank you for that one. Well, thank you for picking up on it. And I'll tell you something, Josh. The reason why I highlighted the word consistent is because when I look and I researched all of what you've done, you're obviously a very, very, very smart individual. Um, But to me, I'm not impressed by that. I mean, like people are born with higher IQs than others and and that's fine. And some people are are brought up in, in better environments and some people have, you know, better resources. But the one thing that impresses me the most about you of all the things that you've achieved is your consistency. It's absolutely, it's so inspirational. It really is because, and I want to get into that. I mean, that's the one thing that I really want to kind of really hone in and focus on uh, in this episode with you. Um, It's, that is definitely the longest intro I've ever given. And I left out a ton of stuff. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with you, to be honest. So the first thing I want to ask you is, were you always a super achiever? What were you like as a kid? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I could tell you this. I watched a lot of TV growing up and uh, yeah, I definitely remember watching TV. My older stepbrother, he and his stepfather or my stepfather, his father, they would like practice wrestling and, and do more like athletic things. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that. Uh, I, I remember all the kids had to learn a musical instrument and I, I was, I thought I wanted to be a rock star, so I learned guitar. <laughs> and somehow the logic of my parents worked out that in order to learn guitar, you first had to learn violin, which didn't, I still didn't quite get that. No. But I really didn't like violin and I, I never really picked up guitar. I mean, I learned a little bit, but not that much. Mm-hmm. So there are a few things that just never really clicked. Uh, and yeah, I got, grade, I got good grades without having to work too hard for them. But I, I know that there's something that I've always had in me, which is that if I got close to, a, like if I got a pretty high grade, I didn't need to dot all the I's and cross all the T's to make sure I got an A plus. So I was always happy with, like at some point it always felt like the last bit of work wasn't really worth it for me. Mm-hmm. So in terms of sports, I felt, I felt like I've always been catching up in, in sports. Like uh, by the time I was in college and playing ultimate really intensely, I was still catching up. And I felt like the really top players were players who had been playing sports their whole lives. And, you know, maybe they didn't make varsity soccer, so they switched to ultimate, but they were still really close to making varsity in in like a more competitive sport. Although by the time I was playing ultimate, it was pretty competitive. (laughs) So, yeah, there were a lot of it. Like, I don't think... I think people identified me as like a lot of potential as a kid, but I don't think um, like I have students today who are starting companies while they're in school. And I think I'm helping them achieve more than I achieved, which is part of what makes teaching so much fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think anyone said as a kid, I think they said, Oh, he's got a lot of potential. He's smart, but I don't think anyone said like, this is a guy who, I don't know. No one said, what's that word for someone who, not a prodigy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and and to me it sounds incredible, even more so the fact that you weren't into athletics, and yet you've done, what, six marathons now, you've swam the Hudson River, um, you were on the uh, national Frisbee. I didn't even know there was a Frisbee. <laughs> I didn't even know there was oh, such yeah. a thing. Um, oh, when you, when you now when you meet people who play Ultimate, you'll... Ultimate it's, Frisbee, it's, right. The community is... 
I don't know, more people are aware of the surfing community, have, how much surfers can get into their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And Ultimate is like that too. 90,000 burpees, Joshua, seriously, like what the heck? First of all, m- most people I know don't know what a burpee is. I had no idea what a burpee was before I met you. What the heck is a burpee and why did you decide to do, to do them? I mean, what was the motivation? Okay, so I'll have to give you the story from the start because I also didn't know what a burpee was for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it began with an article in the New York Times. And uh, this woman who wrote the story, she asked several fitness experts, if you could name one exercise and one exercise only to be the best, what would it be? And they named a few. Like the first one, this one guy she talked to, he said, uh, like the butterfly swim stroke is mm-hmm. a great full body exercise, but it's really hard to learn how to do. You need a swimming pool. So in terms of, it's not really that useful as, a, as an exercise, no matter how well it works when you're doing it. So then he mentioned the burpee, but then he said, but who would do only burpees? And then he went on and said, you know, ultimately walking is probably the best exercise. As long as you have the legs to do it, you can walk and mm-hmm. no equipment and stuff like that. So I, I thought, what's a burpee? I don't know. So I looked it up and I found out it's basically from standing up, you drop down, do a push up, then jump forward and jump up. Mm-hmm. And... He said it's a really, he pointed out it's, it's full body exercise. It works the heart and lungs. Um, it, you don't need equipment. You don't need a trainer. You don't need a spotter. You don't need, it doesn't matter if it's raining outside. You don't need much space. And so it's a, a very convenient exercise that does a lot of, it works you pretty well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I read that and didn't think much of it. A little while later, I was having drinks with a friend of mine on the roof of my building and we were just drinking some wine. And I mentioned the article, and we don't think much of it either. I just mentioned what burpees are. And I don't think by this point I've done one. So that night after he gets home, he texts me, and he says, I couldn't even do 10 burpees, Josh. (laughs) He's like, I could do only four or five or six. So I thought, oh, I wonder how many I could do. So I did 10, and I wrote him back, and I said, you know what? Let's do 10 burpees a day for the next 30 days. (laughs) And people since then have said, there's like research into how long it takes habits to form and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I didn't know any of that. I don't care about any of that. I was just doing, this is just a friendly thing with a friend. Mm -hmm. So we both decided, all right, we'll do 10 burpees a day for 30 days. So as we do them, we decide to do 11 and then 12. And then at one point, my friend switches to two a day. So by the end of the month, we were doing something like 25, 30 burpees a day. And while I was doing them, I was thinking, this is a really useful exercise. All those benefits that I talked about, they really kick in. Now, so I live in Manhattan. There's a, there's a gym down the block from me, but I can tell you, and I like to have a minimum level of fitness. And, and by this point, I was, this is five, six, seven years ago. So I'm in my late thirties, early forties, somewhere around 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And I can't play ultimate like I once did because it's the body. You can't play like you, like I once did. I mean, there's master's level, but the competition isn't the same. Right. And besides playing ultimate, there's no fields nearby. It's really hard to, um, it's hard to play ultimate in New York City. It's much easier in places where there's more green space. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I've been trying for a while to figure out what to replace ultimate with. And marathons are cool, but it's really a hard thing to do. Like marathons aren't fun. And it's hitting me that, and going to the gym is, I like going to the gym, but when it's raining, I'm not going to go. It costs money. You know, if I really want to up my, my bench, I got to have a squat or a squat, I got to have like a spotter and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I knew that a gym wasn't perfect for me because I'm too lazy. And right. you might sound lazy. I mean, it might sound weird to say I'm lazy, therefore <laughs> I do all these burpees. No, it's but amazing. It's, when I'm doing the burpees, I realize 
it really is an effective exercise. I really don't need any equipment. I can do it when I travel. You know, it's, it's, there's nothing that can get me to say no, except myself. And so it's going to exercise. This is what it's really about. It's, it's a nice side benefit that it makes me stronger. And, you know, the heart and lungs is a big piece of it. But it teaches me or it gives me consistency and discipline. And a lot of people, here's something I've learned recently, it's, it, mainly through like talking to people on podcasts a lot, is that people kept saying you must have a lot of discipline. And something always sat funny about that with me because the whole reason I'm doing it, the whole reason I did it is because I'm, I'm, I'm lazy. If I, if I, it, it takes away all my reasons to say no. And it's not that I have discipline and therefore I do burpees. That's like saying people are strong and that's why they go to the gym. But people who start going to the gym to say, you know, if you go to the gym to lift weights to get strong, hmm. it's the lifting the weights makes you strong, not makes you not being strong makes you lift weights. Doing things consistently gives you discipline, not the other way around. I don't have any more discipline than anybody else. I'm not any more consistent, except that I do this. Well, you are. I mean, let's face it. The fact is, is January I am 1st. now as a result. Right. It didn't, it didn't cause it. it. It resulted from it. It's just like you right. learn how to play piano by playing lots of scales, not because you know how to play piano, you play a lot of scales. I don't have discipline, and therefore I do burpees. I okay, do burpees, but, and it gives me discipline. But let's tap into... A few things. Number one is the fact that you took it on. Fine, that that's not really a big deal, right? Matt, many people take things on all the time, right? January first comes along, and we all take on various different things that we want to create into habits, right? Whether it's losing weight, whether it's doing push-ups, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's eating this, or whether it's drinking ten cups of water a day, whatever it is, we all take them on. The problem is, is that at some point we kind of just, I don't know, you wake up one day and you just can't be bothered, right? Or you get busy and then one day turns into two and then the next thing you know, you're done. You've basically done 90,000 burpees because essentially, how many days have you been doing burpees for now? Let's see, I did, a few months ago, I wrote an article for mm -hmm. Inc., and it was like 2,000, it was around 2,200, maybe 2,300 days. Okay, so freaking A. For 2,300 <laughs> days, you did whatever many burpees you've done, right? Every single day. But the point is you've done them every single day. Your blog that you've written, you've written 2,400 blog posts, which means that every single day, for 2,400 days, you've sat at your computer and you've written a blog. Now, I can't tell you, Josh, I'm trying to write a book, okay? I've been trying to write this damn book for 10 years now. The amount of times that I've sat down and I said, that's it, I'm writing this book. I'm going to do everything in my power to write this book. I'm not doing anything else until I've written this bloody book. And then, after about, I don't know, five days some days it sometimes it's 30 days sometimes it might be even two months but at some point i kind of just sit at the computer i'm just like oh i just don't know what to write and so i don't write anything and then the next day i'm just like, oh, oh i forgot to write the book oh shoot how do you keep it up like that's that's the thing that i want to know is like how do you keep it up to run six marathons, you've got to be dedicated. You've got to commit. You've got to be every single day running however many kilometers, right? Every single day. I mean, how do you, how do, you do it? 
Well, there's, I mean, there's a couple answers to a couple answers to that. The first is that historically, all right, before the burpees was the blog posts, and a friend of mine set up my blog for me because he'd been using WordPress for a while, and I wasn't using WordPress. I was using a different thing, and mm -hmm. uh, he set up, and I said to him, "How often do you post? Is it like once a week, once a three Monday, Wednesday, Friday?" And he looks at me and he says. Every day. If you miss one day, you can miss two. If you miss two, it's all over. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the internet is littered with blogs that, you know, every day or regularly, and then a few missed, and then it's gone. Right. And, and it stuck with me. And I thought, it's, I know it doesn't sound, to, to someone else, I don't know how this sounds, but it's, okay, when I do burpees, they have not gotten easier. It's not like, burpees are now easy for me. It's mm, that's every single time. This morning, before speaking to you, I did my burpees mm -hmm. and I stood there and I, every time I stand there, I'm like, oh, this is really hard. I don't want to do this. And wow. I have to start doing it. <laughs> now, once I start doing it, it's easy to finish the set. Mm. So it's harder to start doing it than it is to finish. So that little, actually... My friend instilled in me this little, I said a burpees, you drop down, do a push up and then jump up. But actually I do a little jump before I start. Because my friend did that because he had a little thing with, he has got his kids and somehow it was like a fun little thing he did when he did his burpees with his kids. So I adopted that because the burpee originally for me was a friendly thing that I did with this friend of mine. It, 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 my, in me, the roots are in friendliness. Right. And I still think that almost all the time today about him. And he hasn't, he hasn't kept it up as much. And, uh, but I still think about that. And that little jump at the beginning, in terms of the percent of calories burned, is like less than 1%. Mm -hmm. But in terms of mental energy or mental, I don't know what it, you know, yeah. the mental effort to start, it's 99%. Right. Because once I start that, I can finish, I, I know I'm going to finish it. Mm. That's not, um, that's what I'm training myself to do is like that little jump and that little jump is that's the value that's like that's who you are that's when you're in a fight and you or you're you know you you can give that little snide remark that you know is going to piss the other person off but you <laughs> kind of feel like oh that'll shut them up or that'll win the debate and you know it won't and you still say it anyway mm -hmm. like that's not saying that thing that's waiting until mm -hmm. you know being more measured having a more thoughtful response it's doing, it's, you know, you know, I'm working on this, on this keynote talk. It's not easy, but it's better. It's not easy, but it's better. We often do things that are easy, but we know there's something that's better. And I'm developing that skill and that's what it takes. You know, when I, uh, one of the marathons I've done since starting the burpees and, you know, I, I play these little fun games. It's kind of fun to do this, that the marathon is going to be Sunday morning. So I want to have my burpees the day before on Saturday, I want to make them as early as possible on Saturday. So the, actually the evening set on Saturday I actually did Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. So it gives me almost a full 24 hours to recover. And then the, but that also means that the burpees that I would do Sunday morning before the marathon, I'm not going to do them before the marathon because it's going to tire me out. Yeah. So I do them after the marathon, which means I had to do 50 plus burpees after a marathon. Oh my God. Now, that's really hard. But on the other hand, look, however hard it sounds, no one's going to die from doing burpees and you can do it. It's just really hard. That 
One guy once asked me, he said, when you do burpees, he's like, you do it every day, right? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, okay, but on days when it's like really, you're really tired or something like that, you, don't, you know, if you're really busy, you don't do them then. And I said, on the contrary, those are the most important ones. Those are the ones, everything else is training for those hard times. Wow. And that's when you discover who you are. That's like, and look, I do a marathon and do a bunch of burpees, but people do ultra marathons. So an ultra marathon is a lot more than a, then, you know, if people mm -hmm. run 30, 40, 50 miles in a day. Right. And they do it in, in uh, Death Valley and stuff. Actually, you'll notice something I realized recently. All the things that I do, whether it's swimming across the Hudson River, whether it's going to North Korea, uh, the burpees, the writing in the blog, the cold showers, I never do something that is, I don't know how to categorize it. There's a guy who took the balloon up into space, or like, uh, like 100,000 feet and jumped out with a parachute. Mm -hmm. And there's like people who drive F1 race cars, like super fast and stuff. Everything that I do, anyone can do. I don't do things that you need a million dollars to do. I mean, maybe the trip to Korea, you got to fly there. <laughs> so it costs a bit of money to get to China and back. Yeah. But most of and that's actually something I, I probably wouldn't, I don't know. I don't count that as like a particular achievement. I mean, it's not hard to get in an airplane. And, but Anyone can do the things that I do. There's, most cities have a river in them. They're not that far from some kind of water that you can do, you're swimming in. And I only do things that anyone can do. And you, so anyone can do them. And okay, so I, what do you I do think 50 burpees a day, 50 plus burpees a day now. But I, when I started, it was 10. But if you start with one, that's like, even if my mom is in her 70s. Her burpees, she doesn't like jump forward. She steps forward. Like a 20-year-old mm -hmm. doing burpees like her, it wouldn't look so great. But... For a 70-year-old grandmother, she can do burpees, and she does. She doesn't do them as consistently as me, but she can. And anyone can do them. So why do you it's, think people are, are inconsistent? What, what, oh, what? that's easy. Be Go on. I mean, for me, a lot of times I come home. I used to come home, and I live on the fifth floor of a building. So I'd come home, and I'd think to myself, should I take the elevator or should I take the stairs? The elevator's a little easier. The stairs give me a little more exercise. And I finally said to myself, the mental effort of me thinking about it is not worth it. What's better for me? Which do I want to do? And then I, from, from that point on, I just walk up the stairs. It's easier. It's actually lazy if you look at the mental effort. Mm -hmm. And people, people put this work into like, should I do this? Should I do that? Like, should I do this exercise? Not. It's easier to just say, I'm going to do it and just be done with it. Yeah, it's interesting that if, you bring that up because you uh, talk about something which is much greater than willpower, right? In your blog, you talked about willpower, but then later on, you talked about something that's even greater than willpower, right? What, what is that? Well, I, it, I mean, the first thing, I, I forget if this is what I wrote, but like <laughs> my apartment always had chips, pretzels, ice cream. And when I was hungry, I would go and eat some of that. Mm -hmm. Now I simply don't have those things. It's like creating your environment, belief, and behavior, a set of environments, beliefs, and behaviors that make it so that I can't, like my, if I want a snack now, the least healthy thing I can eat is going to be nuts. <laughs> but generally it's going to be, I got, I got a bunch of apples over here. It's kind of odd right now that I don't have a variety of fruits, but that's, oh, I'm sorry, I have a papaya in the, in the fridge. <laughs> um, and in other words, you're, you're saying- probably getting it, Were you getting it at Sidchas by any chance? Oh, it's Sidchas? Sidcha. Yeah, Sidcha. So, so I was going to get into that. But I, before I do, I just want to... So you're saying that ultimately 
what's even more effective than than having willpower is to create an environment where you're not going to be tempted as much right so if you're trying to lose weight obviously get rid of the the snacks in the cupboard and get rid of all the you know the sugary stuff and and whatever you know uh whatever's whatever you you, you know that you're going to be tempted by don't have it don't have it near you uh, and that could apply to anything right so in, in other words, create an environment where you're not going to be tempted. In terms of the willpower itself, you know, somebody who wants to get up at six in the morning, for example, you know, how, what I love about what you said is you don't leave room for debate. I'm trying to really get, what I'm trying to do here, Joshua, is I'm really trying to tap into why are you different to <laughs> the average person? Because like, the average person is inconsistent. The average person wants to do all these things. They would love to have a bio that reads like yours. You know, it may not be swimming a Hudson River for them. It might be, you know, traveling the world or it might be, you know, giving a million dollars to charity or it might, whatever it might be, whatever that thing is, right? We all want that kind of that list of things that we've achieved in life. And the one thing that I think, that I believe, keeps us from doing it is consistency because if you look at all the most successful people in the world they're all they, they they've all achieved success because they've consistently done whatever they're good at right and so what i'm trying to do here is is really uh, you know reverse engineer how you become consistent and i think one of the things that you mentioned which is really life transformational and if for those listening if you really take you know this to task and you put it into your life and you apply it, uh, this could really change everything, everything. And I think it's this. What you said was, I don't allow myself to miss even one day. Because if I do that, it's going to be, um, all I'm doing is I'm making it harder for myself. Right when I stand at the at the at the stairs and I'm already in debate. Once I enter into debate, that's it. I've created myself a wall. But if I say there's going to be no debate, no matter what happens, when I see the stairs and the elevator, I'm going to automatically go for the stairs. There is going to be no debate, right? And so I feel like the same thing with everything that you're doing, right? With the burpees, it's not well. I'm going to do burpees every day on condition that A, I feel good, B, I have enough time, C, uh, I don't have anything else that's more important to do, D, and the list goes on. You made a decision that no matter what, I am going to do burpees every day. I don't care if I'm sick with pneumonia, I'm going to roll out of the damn bed and I'm going to do one freaking burpee. And that, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joshua, that is the difference. It's when we just decide that no matter what, I'm going to keep this up because ultimately, at the end of however many years or however many days, you're going to be Joshua Spodek and you're going to come on Can I Pick Your Brain? And you're going to have a bio that reads, I've done six marathons, I've done 90,000 burpees, I've done 2,400 blog posts, I've that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the goal is not that I want to achieve lots of stuff with it. First of all, I want to point out, yeah, I'm glad you're, you're going into this because this is actually what I think is one of my greatest contributions. If I, if, you know, if I can 
contribute something to leave the world a better place. And I found it. This idea of developing your discipline through practice and as a way of enabling anyone to do to achieve their greatest potential. I think it's the I think this is the best way to do it. And that's why I won't do stuff that everyone can't do. I mean, yeah, there are people in wheelchairs that can't do burpees. They can do some equivalent. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't want to make it something like rock climbing or you know, base jumping or something like that. Those are thrilling and awesome. And I love watching the YouTube videos. But <laughs> if you can't do it, if something's going to get in your way of doing it every day, you're not going to do it. You can't do it. You'll have an excuse and then you give up. And to me, you know, the thing about habits and effective, really cool habits, like I chose burpees, cold showers and writing. And, you know, as long as I have an internet connection, I can post on the blog. And actually when I go to North Korea and there's no internet connection, it means for like, a couple of weeks before I have to do two posts a day and time them so that they post, you know, while I'm away. Mm-hmm. And, but that's, you know, that's not, that's not really that hard to do. And if it's not like, how do I put it? it it's so much harder to think of stuff. It, okay. Was, yeah. Sorry. Let me go back to what I was just saying that there's so many different, I chose the ones that I chose. Other people meditate every day. You know, I've done a bunch of meditation, but I know that it's, I'm not going to keep, that one I'm not going to keep up. Uh, and some people draw a picture every day. I once saw this, you know, this was something that really got me was I, I found a blog and I, I believe it's been taken down and I've not been able to find it since, but it was a guy who was drawing a drawing every day for a year. Mm-hmm. And what I remember was kind of scrolling through all the pictures and it was, the first one was horrible. It's just like terrible. And in fact, what I remember was 300 days of horrible drawings and a horrible, I don't know, you know, like childlike drawings on, you know, what you'd expect from if you just started drawing and you don't know how to draw. Mm-hmm. Followed by maybe two months of really interesting stuff, followed by incredible, beautiful drawings. Wow. And if you knew, if you just saw the first couple and the last ones, you would never say one person in a year. And, but if you look through them all, you'd say, oh, I can see, I can see the development. I can see exactly that this is the same person. Hmm. And it was just one person drawing. Now, and there's this other story that if you look on the internet, you can find this. It's a, I didn't read the whole book, but I read this passage in it where some teacher of pottery told the class, and I don't know what motivated this teacher to do this, but he said, all right, half the class, your grade is going to be based on the best piece you make. So I'm going to look at the, you tell me what the best piece was. And I'm going to, I'm going to look at it and say, by how beautiful I think it is, that's your grade. The other, cl- the other half of the class, I'm going to take all the stuff you make, I'm going to weigh it. And whoever has the most weight of stuff, I'm going to give you the highest grade. And the grade is going to go by weight. Hmm. So the question is, which group produced the most beautiful artwork? So I paused to let people think about it. And everyone's like, well, obviously the ones that make the most beautiful one, but uh, there's there there greater than the most beautiful one. But he wouldn't ask if that was the obvious one. So... Because uh, that seems so obvious. So yeah. as, in, as it worked out, the, the group that made the most ones, the second group made the better, most more beautiful art. Hmm. Now, why is that? Because you make one and then you got to make another one really quick, but you can't make the second one without thinking, well, I could have done something better. And the next one you make a little bit better and the next one you make a little bit better and you iterate and you iterate and you iterate and it makes better, you keep making it better. And that's, that really that stuck with me. Yeah. You have to do stuff, thinking about stuff. 
Because I teach a lot, you know, I, I, since I've made my art, I've, I've taught a couple classes in art and there I can see the difference in groups that just get started versus, you know, making something, anything, but then they make it better the next time versus groups who try to make it perfect the first time. And the ones who get started right away doing anything, always, not sometimes, always make the better stuff. And the ones who wait end up starting to try to iterate later. Like they try to make something perfect at first and they start doing stuff and they realize, oh, I can do stuff better. Now that I'm doing it, I can make it better. Mm. And they start iterating at the end, but they're, they're catching up. Yeah, yeah. So this doing, you know, I, I spent a lot of my life, a lot of my life watching TV, doing like planning what to do later, but not actually doing stuff. And, you know, I get, this was, I gave this talk at Harvard about this, about like about Sid Chaz, about these daily habits. Yeah. And I said, you know, if you want to achieve the stuff that I want to achieve, if you want to have that stuff for yourself, you know, you don't, you don't want to do my things, probably you want to do your things. But if you want to do those things, the most valuable thing I can give you, the most valuable thing is to do something daily, to have these daily habits and not just a habit like reading the paper or smoking cigarettes. It has to be, I think it has to be, you know, my code word is SIDCHA, self-imposed daily challenging healthy activity. So it has to have those properties. But you have to have something. And so I keep getting, I keep getting distracted from saying that um, anyone can pick, a lot of people pick a habit and they start doing it. And, you know, as you said, this December, they say, I'm going to go to the gym every day for a year, every, twice a week for a year, something like that. And then by Valentine's Day, they've lost it. So I, I think the problem is not that there aren't good habits that people could choose from. I think that there's too many because... Anyone can do burpees, but you know, a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to meditate every day for a year. And then someone's like, oh, if you do meditation, you should try yoga. And then they're like, oh, yep. and then someone else is like, oh, if you do meditation or yoga, you should try, talk to a new person every day. Mm -hmm. And all of these things are great. I've, I think they're all awesome. But what happens is you pick up one and you think, oh, I should do this other one. And you think, oh, I should pick up this other one. I'll read a book every, every week or something like that. Mm -hmm. And after you've picked up one, you pick up two, you pick up three, then you drop the first one. Mm. Then you forget the second one and you do all, you start doing so many things, but you stop doing a bunch. And you, th you, you in my opinion, you in, inaccurately believe keeping up habits is hard, but it's not. You switched from one to the next and you dropped them. One of the biggest values of the concept of a sidcha is not that I have any special sidchas. It's not the burpee. It's not the cold showers. Those are just my particular choices. The biggest, and this is a really subtle point, the biggest value of the concept of a sidcha, of saying, I'm going to do a self-imposed, daily challenging, healthy activity, is that when someone tells you a new one, you can say, no, thank you. I have my habits that I'm doing and mm -hmm. I don't need a new one because that's going to distract me. It's not that you can't do burpees on any given day. It's that you get distracted doing something else because in 24 hours to do, at the beginning I was doing 10 burpees, that's maybe 90 seconds anyone has 90 seconds in their day. And if you don't right. have 90 seconds, you can do five burpees. You can do one burpee. Right. And no one, no one does not have time. Everyone has time for mm -hmm. a single burpee. Now, the thing about the challenging in Sitcha, the C, the, S, you know, the challenging part is that after a while, one becomes not that challenging. And so for me, when I was doing 11, it wasn't, it, it, once I moved up to like 20 in a set, so that would mean 40 a day that yes, that's hard for someone who doesn't do any burpees, but I'd just been doing 30 something before. So it wasn't hard for me to make that shift. 
Mm-hmm. So, you, I mean, the value in doing the, really to do all these burpees is is not think ninety thousand. I don't. I'm not that proud of ninety thousand. It's I I found a number that I couldn't say no to, and I simply didn't get distracted with other things. Right. Right. Do, you, do have you heard of Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. Okay. So you know, I, I for those listening, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Gary. And a lot of people, they look at Gary and they think, wow, he's, he's amazing, he's incredible, like, you know, everything he does is like, you know, such great quality and, and his advice and the way he speaks. And, and But do one thing, because this is what I did, because I wanted to, to really understand where Gary's coming from, because he wasn't born that way, right? No one's born, Michael Jordan isn't born playing basketball, nobody's born... You exactly. know, successful. So I, what I did was I typed in Gary V first ever video, right? I wanted to find his first ever video that he produced. And I watched it and I laughed. <laughs> I laughed because that's Gary Vaynerchuk? Like, that's him? You, it's like so <laughs> amateur. Like, the, the video is like shaky and he sounds squeaky and he's like, he, he just... He's just so, like, unpolished, right? But then he produced a thousand videos. And after a thousand videos, anybody's going to look polished. Anyone's going to look like, like, you know, like, like a superstar. You do anything a thousand times and you're going to get better. I mean, I've done a podcast now. This is number 78. Before I did... Before I did my first one, I didn't, you know, episode zero, episode zero, I re-recorded it 17 times because I just couldn't literally get three minutes of audio out. I couldn't. I couldn't put together three minutes of audio because it sounded that bad. And even now, if I listen back to it, I'm like, oh, cringing. Oh my God, that's how I sound. But that's the same thing with anything. Anything that you do... You're going to get better. You're going to get better. You're going to get better. But you've got to be consistent. Consistency is the number one, the number for me at least. And, and you know, you can argue here, Josh, but I think it's the number one key to, to, to really achieving anything you want is you've got to be yeah, consistent. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's why I was, I was delighted when it when and picked out that you mar- remarked consistency. And, you know, I had a similar experience for you with Gary Vee. For me, it was uh, Chris Rock. I was just looking through... The comedian, you know, I was just looking through YouTube for, and I came across one in the beginning and I was like, this guy sucks, <laughs> but you can see the, like, you can tell what he drops, the, mm. the waste that he left behind and the stuff that he drew out. And you're like, oh, I see what happened. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was really inspirational for me. And right. you also hear uh, Louis CK. He said once, actually, I heard it from him, but I think I heard it from him, but you hear it from a lot of places. It's like, He's an overnight success after 15 years right. of you know, doing all the work that no one sees. Exactly. And there's a video, a couple of videos of, um, one is of um, LeBron James. And he's just shooting, I think it was like, it was like an hour workout. And it's the most boring video on YouTube. I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't him, you'd be like, right. why would some average person record themselves doing this? And you realize... When he does some insane, unbelievable move on the on the court, mm-hmm. you know he never practiced that. That was completely the result of a particular situation. 
That's flow. How do you, then how is he able to do it? Mm-hmm. By practicing the basics, the fundamentals, over and over again, so that it was just impossible for, it's so ingrained in him that it's natural for him to do some crazy, you know, spin around the back, jump, I don't know what, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's that easy. Like, it's not, anyone can do this stuff. It's, it's really, sometimes, there have been a couple times when people say, why do you do all those burpees? And every now and then I say, because I want to be the best in the world. And I know it's not that I want to do that's the best in the world of burpees. There's nothing special about that. But it's what you learn, the discipline and the consistency. And it's, it's sometimes I answer when people say, how have you done all those things? Mm-hmm. You know, there's also the things that I do. There's really no secret. Here's how you swim across the Hudson River. It's really simple. Get in the water and swim across the Hudson River. <laughs> There's zero question about it. You know, it's not like, if you want to know how to do, I don't know, some triple Lutz amazing gymnastic move, I don't know, or I guess Lutz would be a sp- skating. I don't know, there's like technical stuff to it. Like skateboarding looks kind of complicated to me. I guess if you practice it, it gets easy. But everything I do is like, if you want to write a blog post, start a blog, type, done. <laughs> make the next one better. It's impossible not to make the next one better. You can't not make the next one better. If you just keep mm-hmm. doing them, you will get better. Exactly what you just said. So here's, here's a thought that popped into my head as well. And that is fear. You know, what, you asked the question just now. What's wrong with just putting out a blog? Just, just put it out. Just put it out. Just do it, right? And the first thought that came to my head is because, because if I do and I put it out there, people are not going to like it then then people are going to reject me then people are not going people are going to think i suck and when i when i go out and i produce a podcast show or if i produce a book or if i whatever i produce i want it to be the best you know i i have a friend um who recently he shared with me a a recording of him singing and he didn't put it out there he just kind of recorded it for himself and I listened to it and I said to him, I said, dude, this is really good. You have talent. Why don't you go out and put some songs on YouTube? And immediately he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not ready yet for that. Like, you know, I, I, I don't want to put out. I'm like, what do you mean you're not ready yet? Just get a mic, sing, put it on YouTube. Done. And he said, no, but I need this equipment and I, and I want to have it professionally done with this and with that. And I said to him, you're crazy. Like if you if you wait till then, you're never gonna get it out there. And I I saw the struggle on his face, and I could see he wants to do it, but he doesn't. And the one thing that's stopping him is very simple. It's that if I do this, I want to do this to perfection. I want to do this right. If I go out and I put my voice to the world, I want it to be perfect. I want people to go wow. But here's the thing: if Gary Vaynerchuk would have said that after he watched back his first video he did and then he didn't do number two, we wouldn't have Gary Vaynerchuk on YouTube right now, right? We, you wouldn't be watching him. He wouldn't be there. And if any of the other superstars that you follow, that you look up to personally, if they you know, were afraid to, you know, to, 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 sh- to, to go out and, and do whatever they do, they did, because they were afraid that they weren't going to look you know, perfect to everybody else, they wouldn't have got to where they are today. So I, I think there's like three things that we've touched upon that I just kind of want to bring forward. Number one is 
you mentioned about, you know, come what may. Make a decision that no matter what, I'm going to do X every single day. I don't care what happens. I'm going to, that's number one. Number two is don't jump on everything. Don't jump on every opportunity. Don't take on too much because when we take on too much, we end up dropping things. Stick to one thing. Pick one thing that you're going to do. So for me, it might be, I know that I'm dehydrated most of the time and I've learned and I've heard countless times from so many people how important it is to drink lots of water. So for me, it might be that for, for the next you know, 30 days, I'm just going to drink 10 cups of water every day. I'm not going to take on anything else. It's just going to be 10 cups of water every day. And after that, I'm going to keep it up and keep it up and keep it up so that it becomes part of my life that every day I make sure that I drink 10 cups of water. That's the second thing. And the third thing is don't, don't be a perfectionist. Don't be afraid of what people are going to think of you. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares about what Chris Rock sounded like you know, 10 years ago, they look at him now. They don't judge him back on back then. People don't look at Gary Vaynerchuk and see what he looked like back then. They look at of what he does now, right? Nobody cared about Joshua Spodek when he did his first burpee. Like, no one gave a flying monkey. But now it's like, oh, he's done 90,000? That's a lot of burpees, right? So... Those are like those are the three things that I've taken from this, Joshua. What, is there anything that you would add to to it? I want to I want to refine the third one a little because yeah. knowing that in the future you might not be embarrassed, you might even be proud or you know praised or something for these things. It doesn't help you in the moment. I don't think it's okay. That's a logical way of looking at it, and mm-hmm. the logic doesn't help when your emotions are overriding it and are stronger and saying don't do it. So this guy. Uh, you know, you said you must be crazy not to do it. I would say to him, the fastest way to get to quality is through, actually the way I usually say it is the fastest way to get to quality is through quantity. Just do anything and iterate. And even though you might not like the first one you do, the fastest way to get to the quality is not through planning without doing. It's doing and and iterating. Hmm. And... Uh, so for handling the fear and anxiety is a skill. I look at it as, as skills that you can develop. And so if you're worried about, like if, if your minimum that you have to do is like a really high quality video, look for things that are less, that will develop the skills. So for me, had I started with burpees, I might not have made it because writing a blog is much easier than doing burpees. For me, I don't know, maybe it's different for others, but for me, writing a blog post is easier than doing burpees. Hmm. And for that matter, doing burpees is easier than taking a cold shower. Cold mm-hmm. showers don't burn many calories, but man, that's hard to do. I hate it. I mean, <laughs> when I'm not doing burpees, I can think, oh, I can do burpees, no problem. When I'm not taking a cold shower on a cold day, I'm like, I cannot believe that I do that. Like, I'm really, I can't believe, people are like, right. oh, you, you don't understand, it's different for me. Cold yeah, showers I- are really hard for me. I'm like, you idiot. Everyone has the same, we all have the same nerve endings in the same system, <laughs> the same emotional uh, nervous system that senses right. this stuff. It's just as hard for everyone else. You're just excusing yourself. Hmm. It's, it's, it's not like, like cold water is comfortable for me. Are you crazy? You so think it's easier for me? So, no so way. Why, I mean, look, put I'll grant you it. that we don't know what it's like to feel what other people feel, mm-hmm. but it's 
I mean, it's really inconceivable. I'm in a kind of chilly apartment right now. And the idea of taking a cold shower is like, I mean, I do it. Anyway, so uh, this is all just to illustrate. I started with, it happened for me in my life that I started with something easier, then took on something harder and then took on something harder still. If you started with the really hard thing, it might be more difficult and some people might not get started. So whatever that, that anxiety, it's a, you can develop the skill to handle more challenging things. Do it by starting with easier things. It's the same with any skill. If, you know, if you want to play on Carnegie Hall stage, that's a pretty hard hurdle. Start with scales. Right. Start with scales that you play by yourself that no one else listens to. So it's just you and maybe a teacher, you know, coaches help. And it's start if, you know, I, if people are like want to start burpees, I say, do a bunch of burpees, you know, go home, do a few burpees, do what's kind of challenging. All right, now take off two from that. So if you did five and that was kind of a lot, then go to three and do three, make three your habit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that you can do, something you know that you can do, and then just keep at it. Right. And so no. if you want to make a video online or you want to make whatever it is, think of half of that or a quarter of that or something smaller. But it still has to be enough that like, it can't be like, okay, my habit is going to be, um, I don't know, getting out of bed in the morning. That doesn't count. Hmm. You know, it has to be at least something that you have to decide to do. Right. North Korea seems like a terrifying place to visit. Like, why would you go there? I, you know, I didn't know anything about North Korea, except that it was like this rogue nation, uh, you know, except, so Jordan Harbinger, everyone, if you listen to podcasts, I'm sure everyone knows Jordan Harbinger's name. He and I go way back, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years by now. Hmm. And he used to live in New York City, but by this point he was living in LA and he emailed me. I, if you look on my blog, you'll find, like, I, I quoted, but I think he said, I'm going to North Korea. Like, happy birthday. By the way, I'm going to North Korea. Be jealous. <laughs> I thought, oh, that does sound kind of cool. And, and hang out with Jordan is awesome. And anyone who can, if you have the chance, he, the number one word that comes to mind is like, he's a baller. He's a really <laughs> great guy. And so a little while later, he, we're talking on the phone and he's telling me about the, the, I don't know anything, like how do you get there? How do you get out? I didn't know anything. And so he's saying to me, would you like to come on this trip? And in my head, I'm thinking to myself, you don't have time, you don't have money, this doesn't work out. And out of my lips comes, yes. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna say no. And it's just too much of a life experience. And so I had to like work to figure out how to put the money together and get the time to do it. But it was one of the best things I've ever done. And you know, right off the bat, I gotta say, I, there no, no one has any preconceptions has any preconceptions of, of oh. the trip in North Korea is not like representative. I don't know what it, you know, I know the facade that the government shows, but nor do I believe that it's, it's not making it any better, it's not making it any worse. It's, it's an extraordinarily stable situation that a lot of tourists going, it's not going to make it worse. It's, it's possible. There have been a lot of places in the world that have been turned, turned into tourist traps because so many people go there. It just ends up being like a tourist destination. Mm-hmm. And the one, I could imagine North Korea, I, no, I, I really can't imagine North Korea becoming a tourist trap, but I could imagine it increasing the flow of information that could, I don't know. Anyway, I don't see, uh, this is just because a lot of people are like, you should not go there. You should not support the <laughs> regime, but right. it's not, it's not, I've looked at it in as many possible ways as I can. I don't see it worsening the situation. Got it. 
You've written about many subjects. What are some of the things that you've written about in the past that you've changed your belief about? The change, you know, a lot of the stuff, I mean, certainly all the habit stuff, all the stuff we've been talking about, before I started doing it, before I started doing the blogs, I didn't, you know, this is one of the most important things in my life, this consistency, this discipline, because of how much it gives to everything else. So before that, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed it. If my friend hadn't said, if you miss one day, you miss two, if you miss two, it's all over. I wouldn't have considered that at all. Hmm. Um, there's some stuff, you know, when I was in college, I did a lot of protests. You know, I went to Columbia undergrad and there was a lot of, there was a history of protests and decades before me, they'd like taken over the campus during the Vietnam era and, I was really into changing the world. And then as now, you know, Gandhi and King and um, Thoreau were, were big heroes of mine. And, you know, in the past several years, especially with the election that we just had, I've gotten really, I don't know what the word is. I, I mean, it's also like my, I've, I've studied a lot of leadership things and, and I've learned a lot of what, affects what influences people effectively and what mm -hmm. causes people to dig in their heels. And I have to say a lot of people that the cause if, that have causes that I agree with and that I support, but the way that they communicate them is so here, here's what I'm like. I think there's a lot of Hillary Clinton supporters that their behavior created support for Trump. And I don't mm. want to get, I, I don't want to make this a political thing. It's that, but a lot of people, they express themselves in a way that makes the other person, they want, like person A wants to influence person B and they get the exact opposite that they meant. Okay. And it's a lot of, you know, a lot of leadership is about putting the other person's interests first. It's, it's thinking of the emotions and the motivations of the other person more than your own. And actually one of the big things for me when I, when I was, playing ultimate in college. This is like a, um, a, a formative experience for me was at the, end of, at the end of each day, I think I wrote this in my book, at the end of each day, uh, at the end of a tournament, you're, you're really tired. You've played like three or four games. Each game is like as, as difficult as, as like a typical basketball game or soccer game. And we'd go to the vans and because we're from New York, we'd have to travel to wherever the fields were and if it was hosted by some other college or something, we usually stay at a dorm or stay at a hotel. So we go to the vans and we're tired, we're dirty, we want to take a shower, we're hungry, and we're gonna, we want to get ready for the next day. And I always, we, everyone's sitting by the side of the van and they're changing, getting out of their cleats, getting out of their dirty uniforms, putting in something a little cleaner. And I would say, all right, everyone, let's, like we are, we're tired, we're hungry, we want to go to sleep, we want to rest, we want to get showered. Let's get in the vans. Let's change in the vans and we'll get there faster. And no one ever got in the vans, ever. And I was always like, why don't you get in the vans? And finally, one time, this one guy, KJ, says to me, Josh, I hear what you're saying. I, I agree with you, but something about the way you're saying makes me not want to do it. Mm. And mm. it's really, it, it's, it's a kind of, hum, it's a humbling thing to hear, like, something about you makes people resist you, makes you not want to do what you say, even when they agree with you. Hmm. And I was really, like all the protests and stuff that I did was, it was more about me than them. Mm -hmm. 
And that did not, that led to later in life. Actually, you know, it's funny is KJ was one of the, a few years later, someone said to, uh, three people around the same time. And the guy who said that about, um, I think it was the same, one of the three people was the same guy who said that, said, I've known you for a long time, but I still don't feel like I really know the real you. And mm. physics, you learn a lot of stuff. Academic learning is really cool, but it's intellectual. And I ignored and missed and didn't know about for most of my life, the social and emotional skills that have since become the most important parts of my life. And I think actually deflecting from my own not missing stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll say that like our, our educational system is really great on intellectually challenging people, but social and emotional skills, it, it, it virtually ignores. And in fact, if I look at the trajectory, sports teach you that. Art teaches you that. Not, not watching sports or sports, not the business of sports, not art history or art appreciation, but doing art. I, I, I was recently writing something, I forget where, and I was talking about how it improved education. One of the, two of the big things were, I would make sure that sports, and not just like having gym class or even recess, which you know they're cutting, but a sport where you compete and you can lose. And because you, you're going to lose like Babe Ruth lost, like, like Michael Jordan lost, like Michael Phelps lost, like everybody lost. And you got to deal with that. And, and it, it actually doesn't have, even have to be a competitive sport. It can be a sport like, uh, like, I don't know, surfing, but not like skiing or something where it's like you can fail, you can, you know, but you got to get back up again. And likewise, I think art where you... Um, you're going to be judged. Like you have to look inside yourself to find something that you want to express. Like, I think this is beautiful. And then you have mm -hmm. to put it up there for people to see, knowing full well that someone's going to say, this is stupid, this is ugly. I don't know why you would do this. Or, or, or if it's drama, if it's a performance art that people see you and, and they cannot clap at the end. Not that I want people to be punished, but that that's how you learn and grow. And, you know, I, I'm really happy that we've, covered some of the stuff that have been big achievements of mine that people can look at. I, look, a lot of people are going to look at and be like, 90,000 burpees, what a fuck, oh, oops, I mean, what a waste <laughs> of time. I don't know if you're allowed cursing or not, but like, what a waste of time. There's a lot of people who say that. Like, that's stupid, right. cold showers, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right. <laughs> I grew up, like, I, I developed those things and I'm fine with people saying that as a result of having done these things, putting it out there, oh, that's another element that, um, <laughs> yes, it takes time to get up to doing these things. And I, I recommend if like, if, if the minimum is, is still too much, find out something even more minimal. Another mm -hmm. thing is when you get used to it, share it with people, share what you love, share your passions, because that will cause people who like these things to come toward you and people who don't like these things to go away from you. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to create a bubble because you can, you know, you, well, you're always going to have some selection effect, but my identity is wrapped up in this stuff now in a way that I really like that gives me accountability that helps me keep it going. Anyway, so we've covered a lot of things that, that are things that I'm happy sharing with the world, but there's a lot of things that I'm not that happy with. They're there too. I just make the other stuff that I like so much more part of my life that it makes me more and more happy. There's well, a video that's, if you look on my, I think mm -hmm. I've made it publicly viewable, but I'm not mm -hmm. sure. 
I'm talking with Marshall Goldsmith, who's like number one best-selling author, and he's like a big guru, and he's a mentor of mine. And there's this conversation that happened to be recorded on video, high-quality video, and he points out to me, Josh, you pointed out all these things that you do, all these burpees and the exercise and the, all this stuff. In all this conversation we've had, Josh, and he said, there's one thing that made you sound human. And he's like, do you know what that was? And I was like, no, I was like, I'm like trying to get at it. And finally he points out that somewhere earlier, not on camera, was, I said that I was nervous about people coming over. I like cooking, but I'm afraid that they might judge my, they might not like my cooking. <laughs> and I said, Josh, you said all these things that you did that were so great. Oh, you're such a great person, so great. One thing in all that that you said showed any humility whatsoever. And I was like, oh man, this is really humbling. <laughs> So I'm going to ask these things. So I'm going to ask you, Joshua, what's one thing that's, that's very uncomfortable for you to share? I waste a lot of time, man. There's a lot of times like I say, all right, I'm going to go read a little bit of Reddit maybe. And I'm just going to go real quick, scan a few things and be done. And like three hours later, I'm like, oh, what have I done? You know what? That just makes me more angry because <laughs> you waste so much time and you still got all that stuff done. That's like, oh my God. God, it makes it even worse. <laughs> oh man, look. All right, here's something I've never. I mean, if you look at how much money I make, it's not a lot. And I think a lot of people. It's how do I put it? In in the United States culture, you don't talk about how much money you make. Am I embarrassed about it? It's like one of the reasons I'm kind of nervous about people people coming over to my place. It's like. I got my place right after graduate school and I put everything I had into putting it down a down payment. And for a little while, I was like, oh, I got this really nice apartment. I'm in the Greenwich Village. I love having people over. But now I'm 45, I'll turn, pretty, turn 46 pretty soon. I'm still living in a studio. And when people come over, like my bed is right there. <laughs> and people I know have families. Like I have a friend, wow. one of my most longstanding friends, great guy. His kids have rooms that are bigger than my apartment. Wow. And he lives in Manhattan. It's not like he's like living out in some place where it's like rent is cheap. And I've the conscious choices that I've made are there's look. It's not like I got this stuff out of nothing. I've chosen stuff that that works for me. But I live in a culture where other stuff is far more valued. And most people will say money is not that important, relationships and so forth. But when it comes down to it, they've made choices in their lives where they chose money over relationships, money over personal growth, money over lots of things. And I didn't make that choice. And so for whatever they say, if you go by their choices, they value money more. Mm. Or they value something more than they value burpees. Okay, so I've made the choice for you know fitness, diet and health, um, self-expression. But I live in a world where however much people give lip service to those things, they actually value other things. I, do, I don't, and that means that there's a lot of areas where people are like, Josh doesn't fit. I mean, I think, I've, I, got, I got my MBA a little over 10 years ago. I wouldn't be surprised if there are people, because I know a couple of people who got in extraordinary signing bonuses. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those people, their signing bonuses may have been more than I've made cumulatively in all the years since. Wow. I can't do stuff that they do. I can't hang out with those friends. I mean, I really can't. I can't go to the things, go to do the things that they've done. I can't, you know, they have yachts and they have country club. I don't know what they do. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know. I, I might see them at the reunion, but, and, and if they came over here, I, there's no question in my mind that they'd walk away being like, I'm glad I did the things that I did because I don't want to do what Josh has done because he lives in like a, like that's such a tiny little apartment. But I kind of take pride in like, it, it wouldn't make sense for me to hire a maid because it's too small. So I clean, you know, when I actually, I work into like my kettlebell routine when I do my weights, cause I, you know, I don't have a bench. So I'd have to do my, my, uh, the chest exercises from the floor, which means I got to mop the floor on days that I do my, my kettlebell routine. So I kind of like that. I like that I clean it myself, but I'm, yeah, I, I am embarrassed sometimes when my world inter intersects with the worlds of people who have made different choices and you like the consistency that I've done these things, but a lot of people are like, what a retard. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being so open, Joshua. Um, the way I see it is I don't really, it's not really my business why you do what you do. What I really care about and what inspires me is the fact that you do it consistently. You know, even if you told me that you took a ping pong ball and, uh, you know, and a racket and you, you, you know, you kind of just uh, bounced the ping pong ball on the racket and you did it like, you know, 30 times a day. And, you, you know, after five years, you know, you basically ping pong the ping pong ball, you know, 100,000 times. It's it's it might seem like a stupid thing to do but at the end of the day you did something consistently and it's something that the world at large lacks there's a there's a value to it it you know you may not be a multimillionaire, but you've done something that in my opinion in my eyes at least and i'm you know i, I can't speak for my listeners right but for those listening, I'm sure there are those who that's more impressive to them. The fact that you stuck to something and you believe in what you believe in. And that's admirable. That's what's really admirable. And, you know, I, I've I've looked at your blog and I have to say that I, 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 I love what you write about. It's so if if people could literally spend, you know, five ten minutes a day reading your blog posts it would it for sure without question if they put it to practice they could do anything i guarantee anybody listening to this right now i guarantee you, you want to make you know tens of millions of dollars if that's your goal hundreds of millions of dollars i guarantee that if you follow joshua's advice in his blog i guarantee you that he can help you get there now he hasn't done it for himself because that's not his choice of where he wants to be right if you want to be I don't know, the best sumo wrestler in the world. I guarantee you, if you follow Joshua's advice and his blog, you can get there. Whatever it is that you want to do, it's taking the principles that Joshua uses and, and applying them to your life. It will change your life. I guarantee it. And so I highly, highly, highly recommend those of you listening to, to go on to Joshua's blog. Um, Joshua, by the way, I had a question. If... if if I only had, let's say, time to read one post that you wrote, which one would it be? You know, if someone listening says, you know, what, I want to give this guy a chance. Let me go to his blog. Let me read one of his posts. Like, wh which blog post would you recommend to, to, to read? Well, there's, I mean, there's, 
there's a couple posts that are actually series. The guy that made my, eventually I went from a, a WordPress standard one to someone, actually some guy found me and was like, I love your blog. <laughs> right. and, and, and we were talking on the phone, uh, actually on, on Skype because he lives in Europe. And he's like, like three times, he's like, you know, if you ever want help designing something, I could help you with that. And finally I'm like, are you saying my blog could be better <laughs> designed? He's like, yes. <laughs> and so like the design, I, one of the things I said is like, little, every now and then I'll do a blog post followed by a blog post by a blog book followed by another post. And I was like, it would be great if I could make them in a series. So the series on Sid Shaw's is not, not one single post, but that one is, I think that one is the most important. For someone, if you want to improve your life, I think that's the big one. If you okay. want to, um, if you want to be most entertained, I would say maybe my post on swimming across the Hudson, I'm not entertained, but like, a kind of interesting story. If you yeah. want to be inspired, it's about my mom running the marathon when she was 66. Wow. That's like, cause she's, she, she hadn't run more than 5k before training. Wow. And wow. you know, she's like a grandmother. Wow. It's so tough to say, those... I can't do it when like a grandmother's doing it. Right. I'm going to put uh, th those three uh, links in my show notes. So for, for those listening, if you want to grab, you know, uh, click on those links. You go to danielgeffen.com forward slash 78. That's danielgeffen.com forward slash 78. Um, also, uh, Joshua, you have written a book called um, Leadership Step by Step, Becoming the Person Others Follow. Um, can we also we'll put that in the show notes as well? I'm assuming that that, that book isn't just a compilation of the blog, right? That's uh, fresh content that you put together. Correct. It's, I mean, it's, it's similar principles. It's, I'd look at the, f what are the basics of leadership? What are the practices that if you do these things, you will have the skills of leadership and the fundamentals and, but like the fundamentals in the sense that like LeBron James also practices these things, you know, before the NBA finals, you're still practicing layups before Wimbledon's, uh, finals they're still practicing ground strokes so like mm -hmm. not to say that because these are fundamental that they're not any less valuable to the most experienced master and i start with the very simple ones that anyone could do you know the first ones are solo that you don't have to be worried about people judging you and so forth and the next one's a little more challenging the next one's a little more challenging and so forth until you have the basics of the practice of leadership and you can choose to use that to be Martin Luther King, or you could choose just to have better relationships, but you'll always have the skill that if the need for leadership arises in your life, it's there. If you, hmm. I mean, most people, they want to get in their, get ahead in their career. So that's the most common application, but it's a set of exercises beginning with very simple, with no big jumps in between to cause anxiety mm -hmm. that if you do them, you will emerge as someone capable and able to lead in difficult situations and to be calm in those times. Amazing. I'm going to put the link to Amazon uh, if so you can you guys can grab that that a copy of that book. <coughs> Excuse me. Joshua, what's the best way my listeners can get in touch with you? You know, I'm I'm also just thinking that uh, there's another post that illustrates it's it's the most common exercise that I do when corporations bring me in is the meaningful connection exercise. Okay. And um, I actually made a post that I'll make a post spoticacademy.com slash Geffen, I guess, if that would work for you, for your listeners. 
Uh, then if they go yeah. there, then it'll take them to the meaningful connection exercise. And so it's, it's, it has an excerpt from the book and it's, um, it shows me and Marshall, actually the, 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 the day that I did that video when he was like the one, when he humbled me that time, mm -hmm. I did, the, the, the reason the video camera was there was because we were recording me doing uh, meaningful connection with him. So they'll see the instructions of video, uh, a couple of videos of me doing it with him, pointing out how to do it. So that'll be, if, if it's okay to put a fourth link up there, then I'll, yeah. then Joshua Spodek, or, sorry, spodekacademy.com slash Geffen will yeah, take Geffen, them there. Geffen is with one F, F. so uh, spodekacademy.com forward slash G-E-F-E-N. Yeah. Um, and that link will be in the show notes as well. Um, Josh, And then this, at the bottom of that page, I'll put all the... Um, the Twitter and all the other stuff. All the handles. And, okay. and what might not be there is, is my regular blog, the one with all the posts is, is um, joshuaspodek.com. So this joshuaspodek.com mm -hmm. is the personal blog. Spodekacademy.com is where I have my courses and the educational stuff. Amazing. Joshua, this has been absolutely incredible. Um, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. Thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking... You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.